up, bro? What's going on? Um, not much, man. Glad to have a. The, the best looking guest on the on the podcast so far you know it's uh it's unfortunate it's audio only you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh, maybe maybe i have a face for radio after all um uh, yeah so so in- introduce yourself I'm, I'm sure people know who you are but let let the people know who's who's on the line right now on the line right now is joseph Pichoro, a senior basketball writer at score co-host of pound the rock host of a lot of the scores uh, video stuff, whether it's like little interviews with athletes, IG lives. Um, yeah, that's it. Play know it back, man. Play it back. What's that? Yeah, uh, you can hear my voice on all the scores YouTube <laughs> series. Play it back, unfiltered. Soon to be another series starting this week. Uh, so yeah, you can see my see my face uh, in different avenues, and you can hear my voice in different avenues under the score umbrella. Yeah, or, or just find them on dating apps, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this is a podcast, bro. How you how you been how you been keeping up though, man? Just just with content and stuff. I know you're doing, like you mentioned, the segment, and and also I know you've been doing some IG lives with with athletes on like the Score IG. Like how's how's it how's the like the adjustment been like for you? Yeah, the honestly, like it hasn't been um, it hasn't been too too bad. I mean, obviously the biggest adjustment is as you know. Um, from seeing each other at the arena all the time you know like in my role a lot of the stuff from a content perspective like editorially the written stuff is more like long form kind of big picture features that I work on throughout the season that maybe like each one you know I'm spending like two to three weeks on sometimes more and gathering quotes from players around the league as they roll in with their visiting teams in Toronto so you kind of take the game's and the arena access out of the question. And obviously those features have kind of gone kaput. And then, you know, like the the short-term stuff I'd write, like reactionary stuff would always be related to games that happened or a trade that went down or a firing or anything like that. And all that stuff's obviously off the table. So uh, for me, there's like one longer feature that I didn't really need um, current players who were rolling in all the time to be a part of and that one I've been working on but other than that it's just like as a collective team at the school we're trying to come up with different concepts that we can do and and I guess one of the biggest adjustments is we're trying to do more content that maybe doesn't require as much sourcing as before so whereas before most of my role would be like writing things that are more like reporting and sourcing and having players voices and coaches now it's just about trying to get content out right and, and keeping feature content on the app so a lot of the stuff we're doing now is just kind of like um, I don't even know, it wouldn't be analysis or commentary, but it's stuff like, you know, which teams will lose the most if the season's over. And right. um, like what the series we're doing this week, for example, is like the best teams in history in each league that never won. Kind of playing off the fact that like, you know, like this year's Bucks team could have been a 69-70 win team. They might not have the chance to win. So looking at like, you know, the Jazz and the NBA of the 90s, um, the Red Wings of the early 90s in hockey. I think there's like the 98 Vikings in the NFL, like basically coming up with content like that, that, you know, can be repeatable and we don't necessarily need the access. Yeah. No, the throwback stuff I think is kind of a good, like good portion of content to tap into, right? Like, like just looking back and looking at historic stuff. Um, I don't know, man, it's tough right now though, man. Like I know like we're obviously like we work in sports, but I just like, I just miss live sports, man. Like you just don't, you just don't appreciate like how much live sports there was, you know, like every night. Oh man, it's, 
like obviously there's bigger things i get that there are bigger things in life that we probably all took for granted and, and i'm not you know downplaying that or overplaying sports as well in society but for people like us that either like made our living in sports media or just you know are sports fanatics and always like even the stuff that I wouldn't have watched religiously. I'm still missing, you know, like during the basketball season in terms of other sports, like I'll watch Leafs games, but I'm not like keeping up with the NHL the way I used to, because I, so much of my time is devoted to watching the NBA. But even like right now, I'm like, man, I'll, like I'll take a flames Red Wings game on a Wednesday night, <laughs> on, you know, like battle for third player. Like, you know what I mean? That one of those teams is like in a playoff race down the stretch, even with no vested interest, but it's like, you know, if it was a live sports and it meant something, I'd probably watch it. And I think uh, I think that's what's kind of become apparent to me again, is just how much I um, I need sports on. Yeah. In some in some form, man. Like, give me yeah. give me Mariners A's in an early season AL West series right now, man. Like, I need something. <laughs> Do you think like when this is all over, that it might change? like your sports consuming habits at all or do you think like two weeks after everything goes back to normal you'll just be like all right i'm not watching this blue jackets golden knights game yeah no i think i think like once we get back into the swing of things things will get back to normal you know like if i'm an nba feature writer obviously i'm not going to be um like watching some mundane non-nba game that doesn't really need to take too much of my time but uh, I definitely think at first, like I think a lot of us will consume as many live sporting events as we can. What about you? I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I've just been like thinking a lot about just like the first time back in the arena, man. Yeah. Like, like you know, we, I think sometimes we do take some of that for granted too, because because we work in it. But I've been thinking just about like the first time back and like hearing the crowd and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know, man. There's been all this talk about them trying to, like, especially the NBA and, oh, baseball is trying to come back. And I'm like, all oh, this sounds really desperate right now. Like, like especially in the U.S., like, they're not even, like, they haven't even reached their peaks. And, like, you look at the numbers in, like, New York and all these different places, like, they should not be trying to get back right now. Yeah, I mean, definitely from, like, a human perspective, they absolutely shouldn't be. But then at the same time, like, as, as callous as it sounds, I, I get it. Like, from their perspective, and, like, strictly business i guess if they're looking at it as like you know like what what is the only way if there's any way possible that we can recoup some of these losses and even if it's like a one percent chance but if there is a chance we can do it safely we should leave no stone unturned in the pursuit of that i do get that and i'm, I'm like fine with that and i understand it as long as they don't actually go forward with anything that puts people at risk you know so i'm cool with them like looking into every possible way and like thinking about if it's feasible and talking to the experts but like once it becomes clear that it isn't feasible i hope they just kind of take the l and move on and don't try to force it yeah my thing is just the risk is too high right like once you yeah. have once you get your first case again your your next like rudy gobert or whatever it may be yeah. like that's it like like you're not going to be able to try to bring it back again um no. do, do you think do you think the nba will find some way to have a playoff Honestly, man, I don't. I, I think this season's over. Like, yeah, I'm with you too. It's, I think it's, I think it's kind of hard to accept for a lot of people. Like, not like not just like the owners, players, just like fans, you know. Yeah, but again, right? Like, imagine you're, um, like a Bucks fan, right? And you're looking at it as like, yo, this team, like, probably the best Bucks team ever. And if not, you'd have to go back to the early '70s when Kareem played there. 
<laughs> yeah. For real. Like, you'd have to go back to Lou Alcindor playing for the Bucks. Yeah. Um, well, no respect, no respect for the uh, the Glenn Robinson Big Three era. No, sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, there can be no big dog IG live on the score. The, the, big, the big three of me, you, and Ash is better than that. <laughs> Yo, don't worry. We'll get to Ash. Ash is on the topics list. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, but, yeah, no, so imagine you're a Bucks fan, and you already got this cloud of uh, Giannis' 2021 free agency, and will he sign a Supermax this summer? hanging over your head, knowing that, like, yo, we win the title this year, we're probably good, everything will be fine, and now you might not even have a chance to prove you can win the title. Like, yo, imagine you're a Lakers fan, and I get that it's easy to clown Lakers fans and and whatever, but LeBron, as great as he's been this year, and as much as he's defied the, like, physics of aging for so long, at some point, man, like, all the time's going to catch up to him, and I hope it's not anytime soon, but what he was doing at this age with the amount of minutes under his belt was kind of insane. Like, there's no guarantee LeBron will be able to do that next year. There's no guarantee the Lakers, like, everything will come together for them the way it did this year, next year. So, the Clippers, dude, I, I know everyone just assumes Kawhi and PG are there forever because they're Cali kids. But people forget, like, both those guys technically can be free agents again in 2021. Them losing a year of contention is massive. Um, the Rockets, like aren't exactly built to sustain excellence for that much longer. Like there's so many teams where imagine being a fan of one of those teams, like how hard losing a year would be. Yeah. No, I think the LeBron thing is a really good point too. Cause you know, knowing like, you know, all those years that he lost to the Warriors and then he comes to the Lakers last year and obviously they didn't have the right mix and they had to get AD and, and LeBron must, must be like seething. Um, to to not get the chance to win this championship because when let's say you know let's assume the season gets canceled and they start up again like you said you know he's going to be up there in age and a lot of times you can't replicate like kind of what they had in terms of just the chemistry and just everything they had with that team it's not like you can just run it back next year and it'll be the same and like you mentioned like who knows man like when they come back like the Warriors are going to have their guys back like it's you know it's going to be a lot harder like next year you know yeah exactly I mean, we, we saw it just watching the Raptors run last year. Like, the amount of things that need to line up on your side for you to make a title run, um, like how thin the margin is between winning a title or going home in game seven of the second round. Like, it, just the amount of things that need to go right is crazy. And, you know, for a couple of those teams that thought things were going right for them this year, it's just like chances are they won't go as right for those teams next year. Yeah, no, I've been watching like bits and parts of, of the Raptors championship run that they've been replaying here locally. And like, man, like game three against the Bucks, they were losing like in overtime. In, like, in I forgot, OT, yeah. Yeah, and I forgot how many huge threes Marcus Sol hit during the playoff run. Yeah. He was huge. Man, insanely good. Again, like the first round, even though they lost game one, uh, there was no actual worry. Like the finals, they pretty much controlled that series. But yeah, between the the Sixers series and the Bucks series, um, you can look at Game Four against Philly, when there were many times in that game where it looked like they might leave Philly down three one. And then you can look at obviously Game Seven, which literally came down to a four bounce buzzer beater. Then the Bucks series, Game Three, like you mentioned, goes to double OT. Lowry and Norm foul out. Kawhi's knee is banged up. Game five of that series could have gone either way. 
game six, I know the Raptors pulled away and it was great, but you, like they don't, and it goes back to seven for Milwaukee. Things are different. Like there was a good four or five moments between those two series where the Raps could have been done then. So yeah, just thinking about that and how thin the margin is between winning and and not even getting to the finals, it's got to be so painful for those teams this year that really thought they had a chance. Yeah, and honestly, like I, I get like the Bucks and Lakers and, and even the Clippers were, were kind of maybe in their own class. But, you know, even the Raptors, too, man, like they were poised to, to legit make like probably a, a pretty deep playoff run. And, you know, this Raptors team uh, is a special team as well, man. And, and I feel like that's being taken away, too. Like legit, I'm comparing them to like the 94 Expos, man, when they went on strike. No, um, man. It, it's <laughs> Everyone always compared, like, the Raptors. I think pre-Kawhi, a lot of people compared, like, if the Raptors could win a title, it would kind of be, like, that 2004 Pistons team where it was the sum of the parts greater than, you know, one talent. And they're kind of like that again, right? And I don't think they would have or even could have won the title this year, but I think they could have got back to the final. I think they could have, like, given one of the L.A. teams a run for their money. And if not, I think they could have, they would have played a competitive East Finals at the worst against Milwaukee and I think it's kind of a shame even though they just won it last year it's still a shame that you don't get to watch how that would have unfolded and it kind of bothers me when I see people tweeting I've seen a lot of people doing it friends other media people whatever like tweeting about how it's not as bad for Raps fans because they've already won it it's like yeah I get that but also it's like yo do you not have a competitive bone in your body you know like did you not want to see how it could have gone again and want to win again or at least want to watch this team try to win again like yeah, we spent the whole year talking about, like, never underestimating the Harvard yeah. champion. And shout-out Rudy T getting into the Hall of Fame. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, like, that would have been, I think, like, the the recurring theme for the Raptors in the playoffs this season. Like, like I think they would have still surprised a lot of people because, like, people just continually, like, count out the Raptors no matter what. Yeah. I mean, dude, this team was on pace for, what, 59 wins, 58 wins? Essentially right on or one game ahead of where they were last year. Yeah, and, and, they, just had, and they just had a 4-1 and one West Coast trip. Yeah. yeah and the guys were finally getting healthy. Like, no, I feel like – I do feel like there should be a bigger deal made. And maybe there will be once the season is, like, officially canceled. Yeah. But I, I just think it's hilarious all these ideas they're trying to throw out of like like sequestering like the entire league in like Las Vegas or like what baseball is trying to do in Arizona. I honestly I read those and I think they're so ridiculous. Yeah, like I said, I I get if they're you know like looking under every stone trying to find a way for it to be feasible. But when you really sit back and think about it, say so, yo, the amount of people they would need to quarantine and sequester in like one resort between the players, coaches, uh, training staff who's preparing their meals, broadcast people, media, like people related to the broadcast. Like the, the amount of people that would need to remain completely symptom-free and free of the virus in total, and depending on how long your team lasts in the playoffs, like, I just don't – and that's just for the NBA if it's a playoff run. Like, yeah, you're talking about baseball starting the season in a situation like that and traveling around Arizona just hoping that no one on these 30 teams – get sick it seems kind of ridiculous yeah i think um yeah i honestly think we're gonna look back on this and be like i can't believe like we even tried 
to bring sports back so soon. Um, all I know is the only dude that really wants this to happen is Tillman Fertitta, bro. Man, yo, this dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing a joke from Blake, but like, do you think, do you think you have more in your savings account than Tillman Fertitta? <laughs> like, legit, legit. If, 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 if this was a real bet, like, like, I feel like I would bet on you. Man, the tax-free savings account is coming good right now. I don't know. I don't think Tillman Fertitta is a TFSA. Well, first of all, not a in the States. But, um, <laughs> Do you think Tillman Fertitta is trying to get Canadian citizenship so he can apply for the for the CERT benefit of $2,000 a month to pay, <laughs> Daniel, to pay Daniel House? <laughs> I've been saying this. Like, if you were paying attention to some of the things Tillman Fertitta said when he first took over the market, like, there were – there, there was reason for Rockets fans to be quietly concerned, and no one was really paying attention to it because the Rockets were still great and they were still a contender. They looked like the biggest threat to the Warriors at the time. Like Harden's playing this all-time level, and then it was like then uh, last summer. I mean, when they were talking about Mike D'Antoni's contract status, Tristina made some really boneheaded comments, and then you could like kind of hear those whispers get louder. And then just throughout this season. Um, and some of the stuff like trying to dodge luxury tax now. I think now it's become really evident that what some people noticed behind the scenes over the last year and a half have now bubbled to the surface and are very much in front of the scenes and in front of the camera. And that's that Tillman Fertitta might be, not might be, probably is the next in a long line of um, clown owners. (laughs) (laughs) No, like they should put his face on the clown emoji, man. Um, I, I just think it's hilarious because, like, listen, man, all these owners, like, they're billionaires and they've been successful in, in other businesses. But why, you know, why buy a team and a team that's, like, on the verge and, and been a championship contender or a fringe contender for so many years and then kind of cheap out on the fringes? Like, like, what's the whole point of owning a team? I don't know, man, but it, this guy seems like he leveraged the hell out of himself to get a team, and I don't think he was, I'm serious. Like, I don't know if I remember in recent memory um, uh, an owner in the NBA or maybe in pro sports in North America in general who, like, seemed to have put so many of his financial eggs in a team. Like, usually you think of sports owners kind of being, uh, looking at, like, the sports enterprise as just kind of like a hobby, you know, a hobby among mm-hmm. There are various other interests. With Fertitta, it seems like he went all in on the Rockets when he probably shouldn't have. And and if not, and if he is doing better than we realize, then he's just doing a really good job playing everyone for a fool. Because right now, this yep. guy's reminding me of, yo, what was the guy? They they made a 30 for 30 on him. He, like, bought the Islanders, but he was a fraud. Um, was that the a- Asian guy or no? No, no, no. I'm pretty sure it was an Italian guy, actually. All right, all right good, good. So it was one of yours? <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of that, I was going to call you out, actually, because, yo, you, like, tweeted today. Oh, like, no. What's you up? can't wait to go to Mandarin. And I was like, yo, isn't that, like, sacrilege for you guys? That would be, like, me tweeting that I can't wait to go to Frankie Tomatoes when this is all First of all, Frankie, Frankie Tomatoes is my, my parents' favorite spot. Uh, I, I actually don't know why. That's like me going to Sugo three out of four days, but that's a <laughs> or, as, or as Will Lou called it, Shugo. Yeah, yeah, we can't discuss we can't discuss Sugo on air. Um, but no, Mandarin Mandarin's one of those like I'm, I'm trying to explain it. It's like it's like going to Manchu Walk at the food court. Like you know it's not yeah. authentic, but sometimes you just want it. You know, sometimes you just want that disgusting food. Um, yeah. And and 
and that's it, man. That 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 honestly might be the first spot I'm going to. What's the first spot you're going to, man, when everything goes back to normal? Man, like like for a legit meal, not just in general, not like grabbing drinks or like if I want yeah, to get like like just meal. just legit like your first like yeah your first meal out proper. Man, honestly, it might be Tavernini, which I've told mm-hmm. you about. It's a good little uh time spot in little italy and it's right across the street from cafe diplomatico which is like the mainstream um italian restaurant of little italy in toronto but the much more authentic place is across the street it's called taverniti it's a little spot really old school inside super authentic and it's like you're eating in a nona's basement um it's it's good food uh by the way i just googled it so the guy i was thinking of his name was john spano and they did oh, a right. spano. Called i remember Shot spano now. So he, he bought yeah. the Islanders, everything got approved, and then they ended up realizing he didn't have nearly enough assets to do it. Guy ended up going to jail for like bank fraud, wire fraud, mail fraud, theft, forgery. Yo, white collar crime's been trending for like 20 years, man. Yeah, for real. Shout no, out Mark. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, is that restaurant Mark Saval approved? Because I know he's going to listen to this Python podcast. Um, I mean, it's cash approved, bro. <laughs> 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 Um, I'm sure it would be. I don't know if someone's been to Tavernini, but we can do we can do a uh, post quarantine dinner there, the three of us, if you want. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be Savelle approved. Yo, I'm having Savelle on the pod, man. Um, <laughs> you gonna made, talk about real estate with him? Yeah, no, I'm actually I'm trying to do a series of pods about just with people about how all of this, the pandemic, has interrupted their lives, and I'm actually curious to hear like the adjustments he has to make as like a real estate agent and also his wedding, right? Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, what about, I have this other segment on my podcast, um, asking people about what their first fit back is going to be. Um, so, so let me know what that first fit back is going to look like. First of all, um, we have to start with you with the hair. Um, are you just going to do the woke up like this look or what are we looking at? Man, I don't know. You know, like, it's when I first started letting it um, go natural a couple of years ago, and, and I don't even know what happened. I don't know if I like ran out of time for a Raptors game that night, but uh, I started getting a lot of compliments on it to the point where now I feel like you know, most, natural, most from like, me, starting with me. Yeah, yeah, I know for real. Like you, I think you were the first one. To be like, damn. Um, so now I'm at the point where like I almost feel like the old natural woke up like this look is is the better look. So yeah, I think I might go with that. Um, oh, natural hair. Um, I guess yeah. it depends on what the weather's like by the time we get out of this. Like, if it's still late spring, um, you know, it might be might be like a nice hoodie. You know, yeah. not like not like a waistman hoodie, like a nice hoodie, like a yeah. nice sweater. Yeah, um, yeah. something from Harry Rosen, maybe. Yeah. Bro, that there is a. I'm, I'm not trying to be like a spokesman for Harry Rosen because they don't pay me. Um, but they had an 80% off sale a couple of weeks ago. and Eight, It was 80%? Yeah, dude, 80% off on on some stuff, like not the whole store. Yeah, yeah, of course. Some, but some that's a big off, sale, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I went ham. Uh, no, I, I know. You you referenced it multiple times in, in, our, uh, in our critically acclaimed group chat. Yeah, so... I didn't know it was 80% off, man. I could have bought myself a bow tie or something. I definitely put that in the chat. That it was 80% off. So yeah, I went ahead and so I'll, I'll put a fit together from some of the stuff I got on insane sale from Harry Rosen. Um, you know, some some trendy sneakers, probably a nice sweater, spring yeah. fit jean, 
Never, yeah, never so, skinny jeans, but also never baggy jeans. You're going to go sunset. Wow. Wow. Skinny too skinny, and I don't rock with baggy jeans. No, I respect that. So it'll be the usual cash look. Yeah. What, well, I don't know. What's the usual cash look? <laughs> I don't know. It just looks good, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rosen, sponsor the pod, bro. Um, yeah, no, I think um, – I don't know, man. Like, like right now, I feel like because we're like how many weeks into this, like you know, social distancing and, and everyone staying home. Do Do you feel like you're finding a good routine now, or has there been like a part of your life, day to day life, that's been like a like a big adjustment for you to get used to? Um, no, like I get, yeah, I guess like a, kind of a routine. Um, it's basically just like wake up, work, um, <laughs> eat, work out, watch like tv or netflix i'm trying to get a lot of reading done um i don't read like novels though that's the thing i've never read novels i'm always reading like biographies or like history or like sports stuff politics yeah um, but you but you have like a good routine like you yeah 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 i guess i do um i'd say the only difference is that like before if i was doing that you know like Mondays to Thursdays, I'd say during the basketball season, I'm usually watching ball from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. And now that's just been taken out of the equation. Um, so it's like finding other ways to fill my time Monday to Thursday nights. And then Fridays and Saturdays when I'd usually be like out with friends or have a family thing or whatever the case may be, that's where I think the routine has been most interrupted because it's like, all right, hop on a house party to like video chat with friends or get on a phone and talk but i think i actually think that's where the the biggest adjustment's been it's those like fridays and saturdays when i'd usually be out with friends and, and yeah nothing. i'm not gonna lie man like like i feel like a lot of people and probably me as well gonna appreciate just like in-person social interactions more when this is all yeah. over you know how happy are you that uh, Ash and I dragged you to that one party? Like, like <laughs> when you you weren't gonna come. No, but but you know what I mean. No, I've been thinking a lot about just like just like small permanent changes to like how we're gonna live, because this is gonna be like the defining thing of of our lifetime, unless Man. something more I hope, horrible I hope it is, comes yeah. through. I hope like, this is it. Um, eh, eh, like I don't know. I feel I feel like things are gonna change. Like the one thing I thought of is like I feel like. I feel like a lot of people are going to travel more now, like once everything is okay. And I know that's yeah. really far out, but I feel like people are going to want to take advantage of, of just like, Hey, I got to live my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think one, uh, one interesting like subplot of that is I'd assume, um, well, I'm hoping that there's a lot of like happy couples out there realizing, you know, why they're together. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of couples during this time that are like, just having to spend every waking second around each other for however God knows how long that realize it's probably not right with the right person. No, uh, no, I think that's totally true, man. Um, and, and maybe those people will also um, come out of this with fresh perspective, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not just like relationships, it's like everything. Like maybe there's people working that are going to come out of this realizing like they were in the wrong field and they're not passionate about it. Right. And like, um, like you said, maybe it's people thinking, realizing they didn't travel enough or didn't get together with friends enough, whatever the case may be. I, I hope that people really do take something from this and like gain some sort of perspective or appreciation for things when it is all said and done and that they don't just do the usual thing of saying that they'll do that and then like two months later go back to their same mundane routine. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I do feel like that's what's going to happen. You yeah. Know? Um, but, man, sometimes I just sit here. I'm just like, man, it's so wild that we're living through a global pandemic. It really is, man. Like, you know those things just in history class growing up? and Like, you appreciate the weight of them and whatever, but you also – you just can't really truly relate because you can't ever imagine living through something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, now we are. Yeah, like like you hear about like the Spanish flu, yeah, or some of the other outbreaks like polio and things like that, and you're like, wow, that that's from a totally different time, right? Right. And and now you're like, oh wait, this is exactly um, how some of those things played out. Yeah, man, and it's like you know, it, it's one thing with things like wars, you know, like obviously we can never appreciate something like like the two world wars, but also like, wars that have happened during our lifetimes. A, we're in Canada and a little more sheltered from it because our country's never been like one of the main you know, um, uh, I don't know if you want to call them belligerents, but whatever the case may be, it's not like we're living in the States where it's a little more uh, rampant there. But mm-hmm. second of all, like, even if you do live in a country that's actively at war on the Western side of the world, you're probably not living in the country where the war is actually tearing your country apart. So you still don't necessarily, like, we can live through a war like the Iraq war or the Afghanistan war, and that's still not really truly know what it's like to have lived through one of the world wars or something like that or even the vietnam war but where something like this like with a pandemic when it directly affects you when you're on lockdown orders when you're watching like 80 percent of the world quarantined uh it's just like a different level of being able to relate to something that happened centuries ago yeah and i know not to get like too dark or whatever like i know you have family in italy and stuff and obviously that's been uh, one of the countries that's been hit most hard by the outbreak. Like, what's what's been the updates for you, just kind of keeping posted with, with family there? Yeah, so I've, uh, my family there's all in, like, the really deep south in a, in a southern area of the most southern province in the country called Calabria. And uh, my family there, they have farmland. They own a pizzeria. They're, they're very isolated, um, almost from the rest of the community, but also from the rest of the country. And so... So far, everything's good on that end. The only sad thing is like, I had a, a great aunt, my mom's aunt, that passed away maybe a, a couple of weeks before all this happened. She had a stroke. And obviously, like, you know, it's not like family's going to visit them because of what's going on, right, um, to mourn together. So that's kind of sad. But then in terms of actual coronavirus, yeah, so far, that area hasn't been too hardly hit. And, and hopefully it stays that way because... Like, if people thought it was bad what happened in the north, which was obviously a tragedy, the north is, like, the richer area of Italy where healthcare is a lot more modern, and in general, the infrastructure is what you find in, you know, some western countries. But the further south you go into Italy, the poorer it gets. And you're, like, places like Calabria and and Napoli and Sicily, um, the infrastructure and the healthcare there is just not what it is in other parts of the country. So if it had spread to the south it could have been a lot more depressing than it already was so hopefully hopefully it kind of stays as is and and i think they're saying the curve is already starting to flatten there it's still depressing but the numbers are either stagnating or going down hopefully that continues because yeah if it if it heads further south i mean scary for my family but also just scary for southern italians in general and then also um in terms of like italian americans italian canadians chances are their roots come from southern italy so um there'd be a lot of people affected here too, if it reaches itself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's wild because I feel like obviously it's happening um, on different timelines in, in different countries and Italy, you know, there's all these articles coming out and people from Italy basically saying like, Hey, 
Like this already happened to us. Like you got to do this, but people just don't listen, you know? And it, like the whole thing for me, like the main takeaway of all this, is just like how much um, we depend on like the dumbest people in society and the dumbest people in society will always bring us down. I mean, like we're living in an age when Donald Trump was elected president and holds the yeah. title leader of the free world. I think that tells you all you need to know, right? Like, yeah, the, as sad as it is to say, like the stupidest among us um, can get a lot done. And that's pretty scary. Right. Uh, and sometimes without even planning to get a lot done, they can really sabotage everything for the rest of us. And that's kind of what's happening now too. You look at it like that's just dumbasses. And I, I don't, the thing is, I don't care how young they were, man. Like they weren't, 12 years old or they didn't know better like those teenagers and people in their early 20s that were partying on spring break um, in florida or even some of the people they were showing at like universities in ontario who didn't seem to get it and we're talking about how they were still going to go out and do it like these people are idiots man and and they made it a lot more dangerous for the rest of us and put a lot of, of people at risk including healthcare workers and and i hope and I'm sure it will, but like, I hope history remembers those people for the dumbasses that they are. And I'm not saying like, yo, I want their whole lives to ruin. I don't want them to ever be able to get a job, but honestly, if you're going to get on TV and be as dumb as some of those people were, I do hope it haunts you for at least a little bit. Cause there should be some like consequences and ramifications for how stupid you were. Yeah, no, I think that's really well said. Um, before you go, I'm going to ask you something fun. So, um, our friend, Will Lou, posted a photo we hung out at Rolson after the Raptors won uh, the NBA finals and, and there's a photo of you reaching for the chicken feet that we had ordered we had ordered yeah. a bunch of dim sum um you're you're a well-known friend of the community you know real ones know <laughs> real real ones know about Bamberg circle you know um sure. so so I don't think I've ever asked you this what's your top three dim sum items Oh man. Okay. Um, <laughs> you 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 can go top five too. I don't. I'll, I'll, three, I'll go three. I'll go So okay. um, the I know there's a different kinds of the pork buns, but I'm talking about the soft, the soft pork buns. Um, you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? They're, I think mm-hmm. they're steamed, and they're yeah, soft yeah, yeah. on the outside. They got the pork on the inside. The pork sauce yeah. is like piping hot. You bite into it, and you think it's fine temperature yeah. wise. And once you get to the pork, you practice it out because it's so hot. Those are in my top three. Um, I don't think I'd go chicken feet top three, but I do like chicken feet. Uh, I'd say yeah. the the spicy fried squid tentacles. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Up there. So those pork buns, and uh, you know what I'm a big fan of. Again, don't know what they're called, but they're um they're like it's a type of dumpling, but inside I think it's pork and shrimp inside, and then there's broth inside. I think it's like a soup dumpling. So like you oh, bite yeah, it. Yeah. You yep. bite into it, and it's almost like the meat and broth comes. Um, yeah, but but um, you you're a you're a dim sum connoisseur, right? I don't think I'd call myself a connoisseur, <laughs> but uh, um, I, 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 I'm trying to get I, you promoted in the community. Yo, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know how much more promoting I need in the community. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of dim sum, man. I'm a big fan of food in general, like every culture. Um, yeah yeah no it's uh we we gotta we gotta meet up for a couple of meals when this is all over man 100%. um 100%. so so i'm gonna have our our close friend ash um up next on the podcast uh what would you like what would you like listeners to know about our close friend ash <laughs> 
Oh man, game time, Ash. Uh, what would I like listeners to know? Well, first of all, I'm like on a serious note, um, he's the kind of like not kind. He's a lot of the behind the scenes muscle um, for the score social media presence, especially on Instagram. Um, does so much for the company on Instagram. It also like works really hard to connect us with athletes and personalities. You know, like even the Instagram lives, I'm the one hosting them. And I'm the one who's like faces on a screen with Austin Rivers or Lance Stevenson or Lethal Shooter or whoever. But a lot of that is like Ash and our social media team putting in work behind the scenes for me to even like get that opportunity. So um, you've seen also how hard Ash works on like IG, that live events and stuff like the finals all three weekends. I I do genuinely want people um, to know that. But then I also want people to know how easy it is to troll them. Um, (laughs) I think it'd be really funny if, if. um, and I don't even know like what the topic would be, but you know what I mean. Like, Ash yeah, is no, a controllable no. guy. Um, <laughs> Ash, Ash lives life with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, you know? he's like I told you, Ash is like the Dame Lillard sports <laughs> media. Do you like telling us what he's doing? No, he's he's Ronnie Hood. Yeah. Come on, man! No one wants me to win. <laughs> It's like, yo, what are you talking about? I just told you, you're doing a great job, man. It's like game moves. Guys, like all NBA teams, all star teams, max contracts, still talking about how no one's giving them the respect he deserves. Yo, yo, know you're good, man. All we do, honestly, whenever we talk about work, is like hype him up and like give him all the props that he deserves, and he just like ignores all of it. No, but like, don't believe in me. When have we ever said anything bad about his work? You know what I mean? No, like, probably, yeah, literally never. Yeah, um, like, like we, you just complimented him again, but he's gonna find a way to get slighted. Um, I can't wait to talk to him. That's the one reason why I had to split you two up because I feel like he was gonna feel really slighted if he didn't get his own. Yeah, also, the joke <laughs> for anyone listening, the joke was that, uh, we were going to do like 45 minutes, the two of us, and then you were going to cool Ash. <laughs> and we would already have done like most of the pod. We just do like five minutes with Ash. Yeah, yeah, we would have done the whole pod, and then we call Ash, and I'm like, hey, man, my AirPods are dying. <laughs> and, then I just, and then we just hang up on it. <laughs> oh, man. What a legend. Oh, man. I, I hope he listens to this, man. Well, listen, Cash, so we talked about this off air, but we're going to do a bunch of uh, – react pods uh about uh you know italian and, and mafia <laughs> movies i guess they're one of the same <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> yeah <laughs> discrimination yeah that was problematic um but um uh, y- you gotta come back on there we'll, we'll figure out which movies we're gonna watch uh we definitely need to do a sopranos react pod as well we, um, yeah maybe we should start with that one because yeah, we can do that. We can like compare Ash to like uh, Christopher Moltisanti. Oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! Does that mean I have to be the one that like plunges nose when the end comes? Like I can. Uh, <laughs> no, you know who you are. You're Furio. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, Fresh off the real, boat. real, real ones know your first meal is gonna be with your guma and Zuko, bro. <laughs> No, but we got to do our merch too, man. Remember the hoodie that says no more Gumas? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. We did say we were going to do that. We, we got to do that, and then we got to go out for Halloween. Uh, might be 2021 in a Teamsters, Teamsters jacket. Teamsters Union jackets like Jimmy Hoffa and uh, 
and the rest of the guys from the Irish League. Yeah, uh, so we got to do that. Well, we got, I, I, we got like six. I was gonna say we got like six Halloweens planned, man. Like 2025, we're going as HBK uh, and the Hitman, like ready to do the Iron Man match. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be Jim Leland, and um, who who are you gonna be? Who's an eighth? Who's an eighth pitcher on the Pirates, man? Like, oh man, <laughs> like back in the early '90s and like Bonds yeah. MVP. Jeez. Yeah, Bonds and Bonilla era. Um, I'm gonna really quickly check. Uh, I don't think their rotation was that stacked. Is the thing. Who pitched for them in game one of the NLCS against the Braves? Wow. It'll be like, no, no. Oh, yo, you know what? You know who their ace was at the time? Doug Drabeck, Kyle Drabeck's dad. Wow. Doug yeah. Drabeck. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, we need to find a better comparison for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're better I, I, than that. I was going to say, if we ever did uh, HBK, Bret Hart, Ash could be Earl Hebner. <laughs> No, Ash is Jim the Anvil Nighthawk. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we still haven't like... come up with a good wrestling uh, comparison for him. I know. We don't have a good wrestling or baseball comparison for him. Because um, he's one right, of the kind. time, Ash is one of the kind. He's one of the kind. Well, I'm going to dial him now. So I appreciate you doing this. And, yo, we'll, we'll talk soon. 100%, man. Thanks for having me. All fun. right, man. We'll talk soon. See you, man. Peace. Peace. What are you doing, man? What is this dialogue? No, I'm I'm setting up a recorder. You're you're on now, so careful what you say. Don't okay, don't get no canceled. problem. No, I'm not I'm not uh, here. So can you can you introduce yourself? Because uh, I don't want to do any work. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. My name is Ashkan Rahimi, and I work for the Score as marketing manager with a focus on original content and social media. Yeah, I might want to change that title, man. Can't get those credential requests, you know what I'm saying? No, no. <laughs> they don't like me like that. So I, I just talked I just talked to our uh, best friend, uh, our best friend, Cash. And, the one, the only. Know, yeah, the one and only. And, you know, he uh, he spoke a little bit about you. So uh, in the interest of fairness, you know, what, mm. what do you want people to know about Cash? Yeah. Um, I think Cash is actually one of the best writers uh, in the sports field that I've met. That being said, I haven't met too many, but <laughs> um, no, all, all jokes, all jokes aside, um, I, I generally, genuinely look up to Cash in, in the sports industry and media, especially because of the way that he handles situations and interviews and he's really relatable. And yeah, can you turn those notifications? Yeah, off? yeah, I got my, you, bro. It's ruining my the the sound quality for the hundred for the hundred and seven people listening to this. Okay, can you can you show some respect to my audience? It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. This is not a score IG live with Lance Stevenson. Okay? Um, but yeah, just going back to Cash, like the way that he handles um conversations, his questions, and his overall work ethic. It's it's really good for me to see because he's been in the game for so long and and it helps me learn a lot and it inspires me to really you know take it to the next level when I'm dealing with athletes or or looking to get you know involved with athletes on the content side and frank frankly like he's the guy that I always turn to whenever I do have any athlete opportunities he's like my go-to guy so I think that says a lot in and of itself 
Yeah, well, he called you Dame Lillard. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, so, he, was, he was distant. He's saying that how I get mad and I'll make the All Star team. I bet. That's what I'm saying, though, man. Nobody wants wow. it, Yo, three minutes in and you drop a nobody wants me to win. Nobody wants me to win, but I've been trying to show this, bro. But it's okay. That that yeah. fuels me. So for people that don't know Ash, um, he lives life with a chip on his shoulder. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I think I, I would agree. I mean, I don't, you know, I think I don't know if you're trying to start beef or something. But. <laughs> why? Why do you live? Why do you live your life on the edge like that? I've always wanted to know. <laughs> um, I think honestly, it's kind of me just growing up. Like when I was a kid, it was a lot of like. You know, I don't want to get deep into the weeds. It's not really a sad story, but, you know, bullying here and there. And it was always kind of like people didn't believe in me or what I could do. And I just grew up thinking like, yo, I can I can do whatever people think I can't do. And I just have that chip on my shoulder because of it. And then also, like, I'm not going to lie in the sports media, especially in social media. It's so it's so hard to compete at times. And there's so many players in the industry that are huge. So, you know, if you don't wake up thinking that like you're the underdog it's hard to make it because you have like all these massive like giants in the game yeah well that's a that's a way deeper answer than i was expecting yeah yeah man it's pretty pretty deep still (laughs) yeah so you know i got plenty of things i got plenty of things to do during this pandemic so i don't want to waste too much time um but but i I do want to hear like how you got into like the score and how you got into like running social media and maybe let people, uh, let the people like who don't know what you do uh, a little bit about kind of what you do for the score, mm-hmm. right. For their social. But, but yeah. I'm really curious about how like you got in it and how you kind of figured it out. Right. Yeah. So I'll start off by explaining like what I do and how, but, and then kind of lead into how it, how I got involved with what I do now. But, um, Sorry, I'm going to start off by, by talking about what I do and then talk about, like, how it all started. <laughs> you literally just said that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yo, I'm not going to lie. Also, right now, I have this perfect view of the moon outside of my window, and it's really big, and it's really red, and I'm kind of tripping out. Are so, you sure it's not the globe that you own? <laughs> no, it's definitely the moon. I wish this was a video podcast so I could show you the moon. Yeah, if it was a video podcast, it'd be only cash. So go on. <laughs> wow, this guy came out hot roasting. Okay, no, it's fine. Um, what I do at the score is I focus on brand awareness and acquisition. And when I say acquisition, it's about getting people onto our app and essentially engaging with it. From a brand awareness perspective, that's where social media comes in and just getting people across North America to really know who the score is and what we represent in terms of sports media. It's raw, it's different, and we try and basically give people what they want on social from all touch points, every different type of sport, um, all types of user-generated content. Definitely our focus is the NBA and basketball. But regardless, we try to provide like all these updates, scores, highlights as best as we can and keep people entertained. I think the motto really is you give the people what they want. How it all started was it was the first job that I've ever 
gone in cold, meaning I didn't have a referral. Um, I've always watched the score growing up. I've always been a fan of sports growing up. My brother, my dad, and I wouldn't let my mom watch any television. When we were in the house, it was all sports all the time. So sports have been a big part of my life. And I just recently left the job because it was a toxic situation and I just knew that I needed to get out. <laughs> and it was at a time when I was still young enough where you could do that and like be able to you know, manage your situation. And I saw the score had a job opportunity available as marketing associate. Um, at that time, my mentality was, I just need to get my foot in the door. That's what I was thinking. Even before I got the job, my whole thing was, if I get my foot in the door, then I'll probably be able to maneuver my way to, to doing what I'm passionate about. Um, marketing is definitely my passion, but social media is something that I've always been involved with and something that I've always been doing with other jobs. So um, there was a bunch of applicants. At one point, I didn't think I would get it. And then I got an interview um, and I kept following up. Yo, I followed up so much. I'm surprised they even hired me. I even I even went into the office, which nobody does in, in the 2000s, and dropped off my resume. And I for sure thought they would, like, ban me from the building. But I ended up getting the job. And then at that time, um, I started basically doing, like, the most boring work you could imagine. But I had a supervisor um, who was kind of teaching me the ropes and, and telling me everything about, you know, acquisition marketing. And at that time, he was the only one working on Instagram. And it was it was a little weird to me. And, and this was a while ago, so it wasn't like it wasn't crazy outside of the box, but it was a little weird that there wasn't a major focus on like Instagram. So I asked him if I could help out. He basically. Um, got me in on Instagram and I would post to kind of just help him out maybe once or twice a day. But lo and behold, like he left two weeks later and all of a sudden I had the keys to Instagram. And when I knew I had the keys, like solely had the keys to Instagram, I just started going ham. Next thing you know, it went from like two or three posts a day to like 10 to 15 posts a day. And then 15 to like 20 posts a day to 20 to 25 posts a day. And the page started getting a lot of recognition. I started learning ways to grow tech Instagram. I was commenting a lot in the community. I was responding to people um, and and asking questions in the captions to get as much engagement as possible. So all of a sudden, our growth rate was exponential. And then there was resources that were being put into it because it, there was a massive opportunity to grow there. And then it became a situation where we started to build a team around Instagram and, and now TikTok. Um, so that's really like what it is on, on the social side and then on original content side, it's really to help complement our efforts on social and get people into the app. So with original content, we try and produce like many documentaries and, and video features that we know our fans would like and keep them engaged, but doing it all on our own. So we focus on building a nimble team that can work with um, with athletes on different features, video features and, and original content pieces. And now it's just been kind of full throttle, like pedal to the metal, trying to build that out as much as possible. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to give you, uh, you know, too many compliments because you're going to get a big head, but 
I, I do. I have told you this. In private, yo, jokes like, because <laughs> I've heard that from so many people where they're like, yo, I don't want to give you a compliment because you're going to get big headed. And in my mind, I'm like, do they think like I'm big headed or that I have? Well, like, here's the here's the problem when you go around telling people that nobody wants you to win is nobody wants nobody wants to tell you that you're actually winning. Uh, that is a dangerous side effect of putting yeah. a chip on your shoulder. That's true. That's actually, but, but I've never I've, looked at it that way. I've told you I've told you before, like I respect your work so much, like just in terms of social media. Like anytime anyone's like running social media or talking about like running an Instagram, um, you know, for a company or for a sports page, I'm like, yo, go check out what the score is doing. Um, because, uh, no, because I feel like that is the standard and, you know, you know, that's, uh, that's big of me to say, given my history with the company. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm coming back to 500 King, man. Whoever's listening, let's, let's, you know, let's, 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 uh, let bygones be bygones. Let's make that happen. Um, no, um, bring the all-star back. Yo, seriously. But like, um, like, what do you think separates? Cause like, there's so many people doing social now and so many mm-hmm. people running like accounts. Um, like, how do you, like, how do you stay like being good at it? You know what I mean? Like, I know it's kind of like a broad mm-hmm. question, mm-hmm. but like, no, how, I, how do you kind of like differentiate? Yeah. I mean, I guess this kind of comes down to, and this is going to sound corny or cheesy as fuck, but like, it's about the love and passion you have for what you do. I can ask you the same question about, you writing in sports and lifestyle, you know, like you, you, uh, at one point, like people kind of stop putting their heart into it because they just don't like love it. And when you love something and you're passionate about it, you just don't stop. You just keep going. And I think with social and even with writing and what you're doing and everything that you're doing outside of writing, like even this podcast and, and the video stuff that you do, you really have to care about it to put those hours into it. And I think both of us can say at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily feel like hours. It doesn't feel like a lot of hard work because you genuinely care about your, what you're doing or the concept of what you're doing. And for me, like when people say, you know, I, I, I think the one thing that sticks out the most if you want to be successful in social media is like you can't stop. It's like going to the gym, like consistency and persistence is so important. You can't stop. Like you have to continue giving people what they want and that's how you're going to grow. And that's how you're going to get people to engage. You have to really like feed them as much content as possible. And that just comes with putting the time into it like day in and day out. But that doesn't feel like time if you, if you genuinely care and you're genuinely passionate and that's like I think that's really the key to it is like whatever you're doing, if you if you love it, then you'll you'll go up at like a hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent, no problem. Yeah, um, yeah, that's corny as fuck, but also yeah. really true. Is that the corny? No, no, but it's but it's really true. I, I feel like every time we like get together when we're working and stuff, like it's always a fun time. Yeah, uh, yeah. People also don't see that, you know, you're at the arena until 2 a.m. Uh, <laughs> pinching those stats on yeah. Instagram stories for the stats, score. Bro. Yeah, people don't people don't see. People don't know that you have all the stats for the players pre-prepped in an email to yourself before yeah. you go to the arena. Um, 
but but no, I think that's a really great point because I feel like we work and we do stuff that we really love, and legit, there's a lot of people that don't have that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, and that's key. Like, if you want to get ahead, you want to be able to put the time into it. Like I said, day in and day out. And if you want to put the time into it, then you genuinely have to fuck with it, straight up. Wow, this guy's trying to this guy's trying to get a quote graphic. Um, <laughs> You, I I know you're like you're like at the uh, at the. This is why you're the ghost, of, man. This is why you're the ghost. I know you're at the frontier of like social media stuff. Do you feel like in like five years or even less than that, to be a social media manager in sports, you're gonna have to know TikTok? Yeah, definitely. I think right now <laughs> during this whole quarantine situation and with everything pretty much getting canceled you're starting to see a lot of these stars realize, like, if I want to keep myself relevant and I want to get my name out there, Instagram and the, these other social outlets are, are definitely great and, and they're important, but you have to be on TikTok as well. There's a couple of reasons. One is the TikTok demo, the, the age demo is so young, man. And, like, for, for athletes and, and for being in sports, like, that, you know, Sports fans start young, and if you really want to keep them engaged, like, that's a great platform to be on because as they grow older, like, five years from now, someone who's 15 is going to be 20, and they're still young, and they're going to they're gonna know you for five years on TikTok, and there's going to be a brand affinity, and, like, they're going to care about what you do because they saw you on TikTok for the past five years. So TikTok is super important, I think, because of that age demo. And also because it helps you reach so many people. The way that TikTok is set up isn't just about, like, the people who already follow you. It helps you reach people who do not follow you. And, like, I'm talking to millions of people. I have one video that we posted, like, two weeks ago, hit almost 30 million views. 30 million. I mean, I don't think we've done 30 million views on, on like, cumulatively across like a hundred videos on Instagram, like over a span of whatever time, like 30 million on one video is insane. And for these athletes, their name is already so recognizable. So that once they put up a video, like they're going to get those numbers easy over a span of like basically zero time. Yeah. Um, So I have to ask you, we have a segment on this podcast. I don't know why we say we, it's just me. Um, um, called called first fit back. Um, so everybody on Instagram, I've signed up for the account. Uh, first fit back, please follow. Oh, that, that, we're, yeah, gonna doc- sure. we're gonna document everybody's first fit back after the pandemic. Um, uh, and based on based on my estimate, I think there's about a billion people in this world that care about getting a good fit off. And you're gonna yeah, have yeah. no excuse. Like like when this is all over, you'll have had months to prepare for that first fit that you're going to go out in. So as someone who is uh, mm. consistently on the Jordan brand seating list, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, what, um, w- let me know, what, what's your first fit back going to look like? What, what's, what, what are you going to be rocking? Um, yo, I'm going to probably be rocking. Okay. I know for sure I'm going to be rocking a hat. It's probably going to yeah. be Jordan's Paris. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause they sent you there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you got to represent 
Yeah. And then um, Jordan Brand, give me a shout, man. I'm tired. Yo, you guys dropped me off the list three years ago. Yo, Jordan Brand, check out my boy Alex. <laughs> yo, don't, on that. yo, I don't need, I don't need your pity. You need to get on that seating list ASAP. No, I was, I was on that seating list, and then I stopped doing sneaker stuff yeah. for GQ. Yo, but it's all I, good. I remember the first time I brought up this whole seating thing with Alex. Just a real quick story. I genuinely didn't know what seeding meant, and I had received an email saying, hey, Ash, um, we just wanted to get your address uh, for our seeding list. So genuinely, I turned to my friend, Alex, who's big in the lifestyle game and has great relationships with brands, and I, you know, I, I thought for sure he's going to have a great answer. He looks at me, he's like, bro, I was like, yo, are, are you... But do you know what seating means? Because I got this email saying they want my address for the seating list. And he's like, bro, are you just trying to show off right now? And I'm like, I'm like, no, man. I'm genuinely, I don't know what it means. Like, can you tell me what it means? He's like, no, man. You're just trying to rub it in my face that you're on the seating list. I'm like, what is a seating list? And he's like, no, you know exactly what it means. They're going to ship you stuff. That's what it means. He just wanted to bring it up. So anyway. Yeah, and then uh, we got into like a three-day fight. I think this actually happened yeah. at Quantum Coffee on King's yeah. Medina, yeah, which, yeah. which feels which feels like a country away now uh, during oh the quarantine. Oh my goodness, bro! Um, Dude, I haven't left my block. But anyway, so my my first fit is probably gonna be um, hat, Paris, Jordan. I'm gonna be rocking the mask for sure because I still don't trust people. Um, yeah. I'm gonna come out with a game time hoodie, jeans, and the Jordan 85 ones. Okay, so it's gonna be a big flex. It's gonna be a big flex. I should probably just get the Jordan um, logo right on the mask to right in the middle of my mouth. Yeah, there's there's no need to brand brand your mask, right? You're doing too much. Someone's gonna hate on I'm it, and you're gonna joking. get a, you're, gonna, you're gonna get a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, the chip's just gonna get bigger. Um, what about the Shit. first place you're gonna go to? What's the first spot you've been thinking about? I gotta hit up when this is done. Uh, my first spot is uh, is definitely going to be my parents, my parents' house, for sure. Yeah, um, that's real, man. I'm missing my nephews. I'm missing my parents. Yeah, like, it's so tough, man. I mean, for you, too, like, that relationship you have with your nephews and stuff, and, like, we're all close with our families. It's just, like, you can't, you know? As much as I yeah. want to see them, my parents are much older, too, and they keep asking me to come, but I just start taking that risk. No, it. you got to be responsible, man. You wouldn't be yeah. able to live with yourself if anything happened. No, you know? no way. No way. I've spent so much time yelling at my parents over the past month that if I was the reason why they got it, then that would be, that would just be reversed. They don't want you to, they don't want you to win, bro. No, man. They don't want me, never want me to win, bro. No, I've been doing like Facebook video chats with my, yeah. with my seven-year-old nephew and I've been like messaging him on Messenger and it's like so boring. Yeah. I'm just like, what are you doing today? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, all right, sorry for bothering you. <laughs> He's like, stop asking me. I'm like, you're still like math? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, can uh, I buy you something? I'm like, can you have to kid, man? I'm like, can I buy you something? He's like, no, I'm okay. Please leave me alone. Leave me alone. Stop FaceTiming me. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, like, I'm like, you should start a YouTube channel. He's like, I'm actually really busy. I have homework. I have homework. You know what? What's crazy, Alex? Like, imagine you and I, like, when if we were kids, when we were kids, going happened. through this. I oh know. my god! 
because we didn't have like you couldn't communicate with anybody. You just had to like, use your home phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he gets is, to hang out. Now he gets to now he gets to hang out with his friends online, like on video chat. Yeah. Bro, the crazy thing is about the home phone is like if your mom wants to talk to someone, you can't use the phone. So there, you have to go through a rotation. It's like at least now, even if they just had to use the phone, everybody can use a different phone at the same time. And dial-up internet would have been over, man. With this oh, many people bro. using it, the, they would have shut down the internet. No, we would have been watch. writing. In, we would have been writing in journals, man. Yo, it would have been hella sad and hella lonely. No, that's the thing, man. Even though we're like stuck at home and all that, we literally have the whole world to our disposal. Yo, also shout out to Alex. I've been trying to FaceTime him for the past like four weeks, but mm-hmm. I haven't been getting through for some reason. No, when you when you guys video call me in the afternoon, <laughs> here's the thing, man. If when should I video you, call you? Never. What if I if, <laughs> if I'm if unless it's for content. Um, if if I'm if I'm not picking up a video call from you pre-pandemic, what makes you think I'm gonna do it during the <laughs> pandemic? Uh, no, no, like that's just me drawing boundaries for myself, man. I'm like, no, I'm I taking it. control of my own life. But I did miss your video it. call like last time, but I definitely was not making an effort to call you guys back. You know? No, no, definitely. I mean, you know, when I call you pre-pandemic, you're absolutely right. You don't even like talking to me then, so. I'm surprised. I have to um, keep the same energy. I have to no. keep the same energy. <laughs> I'm surprised I even got on this podcast. Um, I, I I did it just so uh, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have to fight, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, real quick, shout out shout out to Alex for you know earlier you said uh, I'm at the arena until like 2 a.m. Sometimes Alex is one of those guys that were like sit there obviously if he can and if he's not tired as hell or he's got nothing else to do but like he'll sit there with me and like try and keep me entertained while I struggle through posts for like a span of four hours after the game so I appreciate that no we hung out during all-star we got to sit together at all-star weekend on Sunday in Chicago and watch that uh, wild game and it was it was so much fun I missed that that was like just over a month ago can you believe that that's insane like almost two months and that's it like i've just lost all track of time i don't even look at the days anymore man. do you, do you remember the first time do you remember the first time we were on the ground together in boston yeah in boston game um, seven Cavs, yeah we we, we grabbed we grabbed sandwiches those sandwiches were a bomb yeah we grabbed sandwiches um lebron lebron beat the celtics yeah in game seven Jeez, and uh, that's what that's, that's what Ash was referring to, me sitting there until 2 a.m. entertaining him, you know? Basically. <laughs> I think you just felt like you had to make a good impression. Ever since then, it hasn't been the same relationship. <laughs> well, I can't believe I'm going to have to edit this podcast for the first two weeks. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't have anything making me look bad. Um, this is... Uh, Yo, you know, I have a question my... for you, though, real quick. You know, oh, you're you the ask... interviewer now, eh? Yeah, I'm the interviewer. Okay. Well, you asked me what my first fit back would be. You know, you got you got bare fits in that closet. Um, so, what, like, what are you thinking? What are you going to do? What are you going to wear? I don't know. I've been accumulating a lot of vintage T-shirts during this time. Um, <laughs> so, so it'll, it'll, probably be a, it'll probably be a vintage tee. Um, you know, maybe some Carhartt pants, and um, I'm not sure with the shoes yet. Um, we'll we'll figure it out. But it's something something light, you know. Something fire. Something uh, have you been Have you been buying a lot of shoes and shit? Because I know you have a a shoe problem. 
Yeah, not as much shoes, to be honest. Like, one of the things, like, I browse a lot of vintage online. Yeah. Um, and, and it's gone from, like, browsing two hours a day to, like, six hours before I sleep now. It's right, kind right, of become, right. like, my routine. So I've been picking yeah. up a lot of just – a lot of different things, a lot of heat. But, um, you know, uh, we can't talk about material things. It's it's, in, it's inappropriate yeah. right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. Um, All right, so, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got me tripping now, man. I love how I say anything, and you're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like I just said two different you, things, and you're no, like, it's and your you're podcast. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, I said two completely different things. You're like, yeah, yeah, I agree with both. <laughs> Bro, you scared me at the end. I'm like, oh shit, should I agree with them? Like, I don't know. Is this so, podcast gonna get published? So, uh, speaking of material things, um, what are your thoughts on Drake's uh, mansion? Jeez, man. Yo, I, I posted about this mansion earlier today, and I said Drake, Drake's crib looks better than most NBA practice facilities. Just the NBA stuff he has in this place. Like, that, that hallway that he has with all the jerseys that are probably signed, mm-hmm. and probably one-of-one one somehow. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. all, like, game-worn. Probably. They're all game-worn, but I bet you they're, like, one-of-ones, too. Like the team never oh. made it for those for for that player ever again. But, but um, thoughts on the overall aesthetic, though. I love it, man. I think it's great. I wish I wish all of us had an opportunity to fucking quarantine in a spot like that. I mean, one of the things that I think about a lot is like how long did it take to build that thing, and like get all the furniture in. And yeah, Drake's Drake's crib reminds me of uh, it's it's very heavy, like. I have a lot of money and I don't know what to do with that energy, you know? Yeah. Like he, like he has I mean, so much, he has so much money. He's blowing it on all these things. Like that's probably what I would do if I was, if I had his wealth. Bro, the dude got a plane that I'm sure he doesn't even use all the time. Like that's the definition of, I've got a lot of money. I don't even know what to do with it. But I guess a question I have for you is like, I know with, with Drake, obviously lets all of his friends like stay there or like his crew and shit. Um, so let's say if you had that same mansion, would you let like Cash and I stay there? <laughs> yes. Why are you trying to? Why are you trying um, to invent another chip on your shoulder? Oh, okay. I'm just making sure, man. I'm just making sure. I would sure. give you the smaller room though, Cash. So, okay, but, yo, as long as I can, as long as I can do my thing and like make content and you know. No, you're not allowed to use the Wi-Fi. Is there gonna be a view of the CN Tower? <laughs> Yeah, so for people that don't know, Cash is a huge fan. Uh, 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 Ash is a huge fan of the CN Tower. Um, what, what is the story behind that? No, I'm looking at it right now. Um, what does the CN Tower mean to you? <laughs> Yo, this is going to blow your mind. I was born and raised in Toronto. I've never been in the CN Tower. So That's the first place you got to go when this is over. Yeah, for real. So forget about my parents. Go check out the CN Tower. Um, no, but I think a big part of it is that, that I've never been. And two, I just think it's one of those things that just makes Toronto, like, actually stand out in, like, the North American city climate. Like, you know, it's obviously a beautiful city, but no matter what, if you look at it from any perspective around the city, even if you're flying in, that view is just beautiful because of the CN Tower. And I also like how, like, they can switch up the colors. Like, right now they have hearts on it for the pandemic. <laughs> You're a legend, man. 
Um, I've gotten like some of my best uh, engagement from posting about the CN Tower. People, people responding back. Different angles too. I could be far from the CN Tower, take a picture. People still hit me up. Take a close one. People hit me up. Take one from the bottom of the CN Tower. Video all the way to the top. Boom. People still hit me up. So that CN yeah. Tower is the plug. You gotta go there though, man. When this is done, will you come with me? Let's do edge walk. You know, I'm down, though. But you just go and take a story of me doing edge walk. Okay. All right. Done. Uh, pinch those stats. Yeah. Pinch those stats, man. Yeah. All right, man. I'm uh, I'm tired of talking. I don't know if you have anything else to add. <laughs> no, I just want to say um, I appreciate you, and I think what you do is great, and your work is great. Thanks for showing me the ropes through a lot of things. Thanks for helping me get seated with Jordan Brand. <laughs> And, you don't stop reminding me. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to this coming out, man. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be out in three hours. Don't worry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I have uh, a great roast, but I'm going to keep it to myself. Yeah. Keep it to, yeah, keep, good keep, idea. Keep, keep it to yourself. Uh, but tell me, though. Tell me the roast. Um, no, but I do, I do real, qu- real quick. I just want to talk about something. Um, that happened to us one time when we were together, and we we went to a restaurant out of Yorkdale to have sushi. Um, it was just after an event that we had attended together, and an event you know, that I invited you to. Yeah, yeah, you're the plug. You're the plug. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without you plugging me. So. Uh, yeah, but now I'm the one that's not getting plugged. Yo, anyway. I know that's crazy. It's crazy how the tables turn. Yo, Reebok, uh, give me a shout. Yo, Reebok. Yo, you know what's crazy? The the first time I ever heard about you, I got plugged because of you, and I hadn't even met you. It was All Star Weekend, All Star Weekend in LA when you plugged Cash to Adidas, and Cash took me along, and he's like, "Yo, my boy, you should check him out. He's on Instagram, Stephen LeBron. His name is Alex. He's got a plug to Adidas, and he said that we can go." And they have, like, uh, gifts for media. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Who's this Alex guy? I hadn't even met you. I go to the Adidas event, and I get a dope pair of kicks for free. That was the first time I ever got anything free in this industry. And it was because of you. Yeah, and and you can't even give back now that you're being blessed. (laughs) So I got you, man. Yo, Jordan, don't worry. I got you. Give me those Jordan 10 wings, man. Shit. The wings? They've been growing on me. They've been growing on me. Yo, you know what I'm looking at right now? The you remember the Adidas, uh, the Lowry ones, the playoff ones, or sorry, yeah, the, the All Star ones, the, the gold, gold the gold All Star. I wanted those. Yo, these are fire, but I love these shoes now. I can't believe this guy. He he was so mad walking out of the Adidas lounge. Three stripes crew. I hope you're listening to this and remove him from all your PR. No, I love I love Adidas. Man. Oh man, but but tell 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 your story. Oh yeah, so we're at Yorkdale, we're having sushi. And I'm I'm thinking it's like okay, it's like okay to chill with Alex. It's like low key, you know, no one's gonna come up to you. I didn't even know I had friends like this. And then this guy that wasn't even serving us comes up to the table, casually starts talking to us about the restaurant and like that he could provide service. He's like, Listen, if you guys need anything, you let me know, I'll get you your orders. I'm thinking in my head, like, this guy isn't even our server. Why why is he coming up to us? Then after he does that little spiel about getting us whatever we want, he's like, he's like, oh, uh, by the way, are you uh, Alex? <laughs> and um, I'm like, 
I'm like, what? And, and he's like, yeah, Alex from uh, Yahoo Canada. Uh, like, yo, you do, you do run it back, right? I love that show. And Alex, <laughs> Alex looked like, oh, fuck, here we go again. I'm looking at Alex like, seriously? Like, how often does this happen? And yo, that's I, right. Hype me up, bro. The guy's like, the guy's like, oh man, you have no idea, bro. Me and my girlfriend, we watch this. We watch the show all the time, man. Like you have, like you have no idea. Like you're one of my favorite. And Will, I love Will too. You guys are so good at what you do. I'm like, holy. He's like, yo, yo, do you mind if I take a picture with you? I'm like, you want a picture with him? And Alex was like, yeah, all right, let's make it quick. I don't have time to wait. Meanwhile, our order hasn't even come in yet. Um, so we have their time. Yo, shout shout to the homie, man, for showing love. That's something. Yo, that guy loves it. And then Alex no. was like, "Oh, do you know the score?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You saw him?" He's like, "No." <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, my boy over here, Ash, he wants the score." He's like, "Okay, whatever." Anyway, Alex, let's back to you. And he was just going in. I'm like, "Damn, this guy stands. You have stands." No, shout to the homie, man. Honestly, like doing the Big show time. and doing video. Um, you know, you know the Toronto like sports community, like the fans yeah. are really passionate and stuff. So it's super Absolutely. cool. It's super cool to like bump into people like that sometimes. Uh, I did that uh, when I went to my tailor to like get some pants altered, and the guy in front of me just stared at me and was like, "Hey, Alex, you do yo. run it back." Yo, you know, I remember like, even one time we were cool. in the arena together. Somebody, somebody came up to you like, "Yo, are you Alex, bro?" I'm like, "Holy <laughs> man!" Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, so so yo Jordan, yeah. Brand, Reebok, Adidas, you know. Shout out, um, shout out to the boys. My my reach, my reach is bigger than my Instagram following, man. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you know, you big know? time for yeah. sure, man. People yeah, know this so. guy. They're asking for autographs. <laughs> They're asking, asking for autographs. autographs. All right, all right, man. You you on took one too. You took one too many hits of the bomb, man. It's time for you. No, to man. No, no, no. I made sure. No, 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 no. Um, I should be pure headed, ready, ready to. <laughs> Yo, you want to you wanna come back and do this sometime? Yeah, absolutely, man. You hit me up. Okay. But just on my time, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's your podcast, so your time won't be. So don't, like, call me. My time but is yo, my time. But, yo, one day I'm going to make a I'm gonna make a podcast, too, eh? No, okay. You following in my steps? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. It's gonna and be then bigger. it's going to be sponsored. It's going to be, be sponsored by Jordan Brand live from the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> Me and uh me and Tinker Hatfield, episode one. Yeah. <laughs> welcome welcome to episode one of They Don't Want Me to Win. They don't want you to win with Game Time Ash. That should be your podcast name, man. Yo bet. I'm gonna do that still. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm out of social energy, man. So uh um, right, thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate, I appreciate you doing this and uh we'll yeah, talk man. soon, bro. All right, bro. Talk All right, soon. Take care. Peace.